This is WCW Heavyweight Champion, one time, David Arquette. And you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for another wrestling podcast. All right, all right, all right. Are you fucking kidding me? Guys, I got blocked again on Twitter. I'm your mark of marks. That's the most reliable source on the interwebs. The social assassin at your disposal, bitches. For you, Cooter. All What's right. That? All right. Ah. All right. 2020. It's a new year. It's a new day. I want to hit you. I'm Credo. I'm your mark of marks. This is episode <laughs> 243. Happy New Year. I thought you were going to say New Year, New Me. I was going <laughs> to freaking just hit the, the log off button and go to bed. <laughs> and by the way, I am Minority Mike. And we all know that that's not possible. There's not going to be a new Credo because he's going to be the same old pain in my ass that he's been for, well, ever since we were kids. I am Angry Cooter at your disposal, bitches. Oh, guys. Wow. Uh, episode 243 today. Guys, we have on none other than former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, celebrity, actor, uh, David Arquette is joining us today. Guys, what a day. What a day to be alive and listening to AWP, huh? Is anybody else, like, just thankful that the fucking holidays are over? I'm, I'm very thankful that the holidays are over. I'm very thankful that 2020 happened. 2019 is gone. Since 2020, it's it's been very, so far, it's been very positive for myself. You know, I'm medically cleared now. Uh, a lot of you guys know I've had surgery back in November. I set my, as a surgery that, you know, it, the average person takes about 10 to 12 weeks to recover from. I told my doctor I'll recover in eight weeks. And I got medically cleared yesterday, and it's seven weeks. So Ooh. I, I, I overachieved on that one, and I'm very happy. So I'm back at it now, and it fucking feels great. And I'm, I just can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to oh, start punching this All right, can I can I cut you off now? You I was cut. only, I was just saying that I was thankful the holidays are over, because you know I work at the post office, and uh. Jesus Christ, if you motherfuckers. Don't start going back to stores and stop getting off your goddamn computers <laughs> and buying shit on Amazon and ruining my fucking life. That would be greatly appreciated. Holy fuck, dude. This Damn. had to be, yeah, man, that had to be one of the worst months of my life. Just bombardment of work. It just it's amazing, things that man. I've never seen or experienced in my job. It's just fucking incredible. How lazy you motherfuckers are! I'm telling you, we're, we're turning into that movie Wally. Have you ever seen that movie Wally, where the future everybody's just riding <laughs> oh, in chairs, yeah. fat, doing nothing? Like that's it, man. It, it's so much easier to order something online than it is to just go to a store, buy it, and whatever. So, eh, it sucks, man. You guys are excited that the holidays are over. I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm upset because I had so much time off. I sat around, I did nothing. Now I got a lot of shit to do because I've been putting it off. I got a lot of edits to do, but. Man, I just I love just sitting around doing nothing for a few weeks and uh, let the end of the year go away. But regardless, guys, it's 2020. Um, it's time to step it up again, right? Step back into it. This is what we do. We're another wrestling podcast. And if you guys haven't checked it out, if you haven't seen it, if you've never heard about it, if you've never clicked on anything, go to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. The mothership of AWP. 
at the top, you can find all the, the places where you can hear us from, whether you listen to us on, well, it's not iTunes anymore. It's like just Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Player FM, TuneIn, uh, whatever. Whatever you guys listen to us on, click it, subscribe to us, leave us reviews. That's how we know you're out there. So either way, it's a new year. Listen to us, subscribe, like us, follow us, all that stuff. All the links are on there, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com, guys. But each and every week, there's shit that happens. Uh, let's just get right into the week that was, because we've been off for about a week or so, so we haven't really talked or seen too much wrestling, so let's just, let's just get right into it, shall we? Let's do this, motherfucker. Let's do it. What do we got? What's on the docket today? So, uh, Mike, you know, we we had two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know, guys. Maybe it's 2020. Maybe it's another year. I'm just getting older. But to me, Cooter, I think you said it last year. It, it's almost like, how do you get me to watch it? Make me watch it. Make me subscribe. Make me, you know, grab me out there to where... There's so much wrestling out there from New Japan, Ring of Honor, now AEW, WWE, anything and everything. There's just so much going on. It's like, how do you either A, watch it all, B, find the time to watch it all, or like, to me, I'm just picking and choosing. So, Wrestle Kingdom, though, Mike, was two nights. Uh, I don't know how uh, how long each night was, but that's two nights of like a WrestleMania for them, if you will. Uh, did you watch all two nights of it or tell me about this show. i watched both events and i will say this each night was roughly i want to say about four hours um but the thing is yeah it was four hours but it was the type of four hours where you're just like holy shit that went quick because it was so good i thought the first night was great i know cooter is not a big fan of okada but Hogata had some of his best matches, especially with Abushi, and then the following night with Naido. Those matches were incredible. Uh, match of the years? No, I wouldn't say match of the years. It's still early, but the car was just great, and it just it just felt like it. it just, I didn't feel overwhelmed when I was watching it, especially like I felt like I can sit down, watch day one, and then go about my business, and then next day I could sit down and watch day two whenever I please. Man, it, it, I think dividing up Wrestle Kingdom made it more of an attraction, and, and I know I've heard a lot of fans going out there, you know, to Japan, and they made it like a vacation thing. I mean, it's kind of like how fans travel out this way for WrestleMania, but they're only going for one day. A lot of fans did the three nights, and I say three nights meaning you had the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, and the very next day they had the New Year's Dash. And that it, it, I thought. The card was incredible. I mean, I wish the WWE would maybe try. I, they'll never will, but I wish they would try the two-night format to see how it is. And if it doesn't work, then the next year go back to what you do. Yeah. But, you know, just, I'd rather sit through two nights of four hours of good wrestling than sit 12 hours mm-hmm. through a lot of stuff <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Now, yeah, I, you know, like... Two two days is good. Four hours is palatable, if you will, to just sit there and watch it. To where, like, we did Mania, and it's it was like a, it was a shift at work, man. It was eight hours, right? So it's like, yeah, what do you do? And I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it just needs to come down to not everybody needs to win a trophy. Not everybody needs to be in WrestleMania. You know what I mean? So like, that's why they have take over the day before, have like their show. And leave WrestleMania to the best of the best, the best of the best storylines. But 
I don't know if they could even ever split two days up for, like, Mania like that. It's just, like, it's just, I don't know. They feel like they have to put everybody into it. And, I don't know, for Wrestle Kingdom to split it up into two days, I think it's smart. But I still fall into the problem of, uh, I don't know, I'm not, I don't connect to the Japanese wrestling or the Japanese style, or I'm only tuning in if I really want to see somebody or, or some, you know, like some, somebody over here going over there or doing something that I, somebody that I know, I don't know. Like I know these guys and I, I try watching these matches and it's like, sometimes they move in slow motion, but they're hitting really hard. And it's, I can't get into it. I don't know. I can't watch well, it. Here, I'm not putting them the down. I'm about, not saying they suck or anything. I just, I, don't, I can't, I can't relate. Here's the thing about mania being two days and, you, you you just set you sit it on on the ball, um, meaning basically you know everybody gets a trophy. Well, you can kind of spread it out like mm. every not you can't you don't have to cram everybody in that Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You could yeah. spread out storylines. You could do stuff on day one. You could do stuff on day two. You could make something mean something like, like the main event for um, so basically the Intercontinental Title match on night one. The winner of that match faced the winner of the, the heavyweight title match on night two. Like, they made it seem like, you know, shit, like, now I have to tune in to see who's going to win both belts. Like, mm. they did stuff special. Like, they kind of spread out everything. And I think, you know, rather than cramming everybody and you barely see them, you could probably spread it out a little better. Well, I said this last year, guys. I you said did. I would love- I, and I apologize to cut you off, but I was just going to go there that this is something that you actually mentioned. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, prefacing my statement there. Um, no, but I we've been saying it for years that Mania has been too long. Um, the only problem with it now is they have this set format for their weekend. They want a night of the Hall of Fame. They want the main card to be last, and they want that NXT because it's a big seller. Mm. I think if you did split it in two nights, look at the money you're getting at the gate. I mean... Honestly, you're you're literally doubling what you're getting at the gate because if if you're having two nights, you have two world titles. You could have one main event one night and one main event the other. Yeah. It's 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 just simple mathematics. And for somebody like Vince who's keen on, you know, the bottom line, well, the bottom line is that fuck money baby, that green and black. Um and it was Eight hours, Credo. That's a hell. That's yeah. a hell of a night, especially when you miss catering, you, right, bud? Cooter, Cooter, you're a fucking genius. I'm, I'm going to give you that praise right now. This is Thank 2020, you. baby. We're starting to send you. I'm giving you compliments right now because Look at that. I keep I keep forgetting that we do have two world titles. So the night one at Mania, you could do one of the world titles as your main event, and then night two, you could do the other one. And there, there you go. go. There you go. There's your Mania right there. How about, we how just about- booked nights on awp over here now now two nights could work but what about two nights in two different places now too much uk always wants a mania remember how they were the first one they did where were, it was uh, in new york and then la or something uh, i forget that the, was wrestlemania 2 it was la chicago and new york you think that could ever work again but then it's like you go there then you have to watch it so where if they did one night just say la you know, like that, and then the second night, New York, to where, well, you probably have some marks are going to do the flight <laughs> from back and forth to, to each show. But I don't know, because I know the UK complains a lot because they never get a show or kind of a thing. So, do you know why that won't work, Credo? Is is because cities put in bids for That's the full true. week's worth of events. Now, if if you were going to do that, you know, you, you miss out on 
on them paying you to host that fucking that whole thing. Yeah. You know, and 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 they're and you're not guaranteed to get, you know, the better card. I mean, let's face it, because you know how lopsided WWE could be. Even if they were to do something like that, you know, the first night is going to be the shit card, and the second night is going to be what they feel is the better card. You know, so I. It it could go either way. I don't know. I mean, I could see it working, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, two nights is 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 the bid money worth losing if you're doing it in two different cities? Probably. Yeah. Well, th- is this like the first time they've done it too for Wrestle Kingdom? Is that like was this new this year? Because I don't follow it that much, so I don't know if it was like. This is the first time they actually tried the two nights because everything was always one night, was really and they experiment with the two night and. I I don't know if both nights were sold out. I'd have to look into that. But from what I was seeing, it looked like a pack house every night. Hmm. A year of experiments. I like it. Well, you know, including that, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger has retired. Uh, Guys, over 35 years. The dude's 55. uh, Officially done. Um Man, I you know he, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle live. I know he was at some Northeast wrestling shows, and uh, I don't think I ever went to those. But I never saw Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle. I don't know. I think I He's saw retired. him once in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, we guess. did. Yes, you were drunk. <laughs> oh God, that's a great story. Oh, you know what? I will tell this story. I polished off three quarters of a bottle of Belvedere before that takeover. I was a sloppy mess. And here I am, Jushin Thunder Liger comes right. out. right, he did do takeover. That's right, and he was and he was facing Prince Pretty there. Goddamn, what a fucking match these guys put on. And I remember going with my cousin, who's not a wrestling fan, who, who had to go for other reasons, which we won't, we won't <laughs> mention on the show, you know. But uh-huh. the whole point of it was, I'm telling him, stand up, man, show this man respect. I mean, we're talking about a legend here. Everybody's standing up and applauding for this guy, and he's looking at me like, you drunk fuck, what are you talking about? No, for real. Stand up and show him some guy. And he's laughing at me like I'm the, like the biggest asshole in the world. Well, whatever. Well, the man's retired now. Chushin Thunder Liger. And uh, he had a great match with, with Tyler Breeze, too. He it did. Was very, he did. It was a good match. Well, well, guys, you know, New Year, different experiments, Wrestle Kingdom happening. Uh, I keep reading about this. I know we've talked a lot of AEW in 2019. They're only on their, like, 10th show or whatever, 10th week, if, if it is or whatnot, but uh, there's still a lot of backlash happening to where the stories, the Dark Order, the women's the division that's really not a women's division, Brandy Rhodes hogging the spotlight. Guys, are they crumbling before our eyes? I mean, I love the graphics. I love what they're doing with the interviews backstage and all that, but they need, I don't know, I don't know what they, and I'll tell you what, though. Like I said before, there's a lot of wrestling happening, and I can't ca- I can't keep up with anything. So I haven't watched AEW in probably four weeks or so. Maybe I still got to catch up. I have like a loaded DVR. I'm not going to talk about anything. I'm just talking about what I'm reading online, and a lot of people are just hating on it. I think the young bucks quit Twitter because a lot of the <laughs> they're getting a lot of backlash from fans on on certain things. And I just also read that Kenny Omega. Uh, was answering fans about uh, talking about the women's division. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have been, all been vice presidents and they should have just wrestled and left that to somebody else. But I don't know, guys. Ten weeks old? Is it? Uh, do they have a lot to do in 2020 to make up for it? All right, let me start this one because uh, I'm, I don't want to be the guy who said I told you so, but I told you so. 
Um, the the one the one silver lining for me with with this whole thing has been Cody Rhodes. Um, everything he touches on television has been it has gotten positive reviews for me. Not always the best, but it it's been the best television that they've put on. You know, um, guys like the Young Bucks, they're they're a great tag team in the style that they do. Kenny Omega is a great attraction in Japan. Great chemistry with Okada. That's how he really, really made a name for himself. Two two decent wrestlers had a great series of matches, and now they think they're the the greatest thing since Lesbred. That doesn't mean that you should be booking a completely different division. Just because you're one of the most popular tag teams, and I'm not even going to say one of the best. I'm going to say one of the most popular does not mean that you should be booking a tag division. And I get it. Oh, well, you know, we're trying to help get other people over because they've been doing a lot of jobs, so on and so forth. I get it. You think that that's the right thing to do. If you're the one of the most popular tag teams, it's okay to put somebody over and win some fucking matches too. I mean, th- there's ways of making sure that everybody looks good. And they haven't figured that out yet. You know, it's, 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 is a, I'm not saying it's over, but I'm saying they need to let somebody else put their hands on the product and either be in ring workers or be behind the scenes. Pick one. You can't do both. Uh, I also read a a thing and I, I, I literally interviewed him about this too, but, uh, they always talk about how they don't have writers. And now I know how a lot of people shit on WWE for, oh, this is a bad story. The bad, the writers suck. They don't know what they're doing or whatnot. To where I could chalk that up as they have too much to write. So you always you can't always hit you know, a bullseye on everything for them to where they're writing hours and hours of TV a week. Now, AEW keeps bragging that they don't have writers. They're just... And which I love to a certain extent to where I want to see guys improv or ad lib and kind of just go with it, right? I, I want to see them do a live promo, not have to remember a script. But do you think that's almost hurting them to where they don't have that structure? You know, I, I like talking about structure lately, but you know what I mean? To where <laughs> I'm not saying they need to write a novel for these guys, but like, I think they need somebody back there to write to like to get I you. Know, I know exactly you know where you're going. And I know it, exactly what you mean. Because that, they keep Frito, bragging I'm, about it, but I'm like, I don't think you should brag about it because you guys have so much shit going on and people are just shitting on it, and maybe you should have a writer. I don't know. Well, here's the funny thing, you know, that everybody says that, oh, the fans can't can just never be happy. WWE is, is too heavily scripted. It shows. Um, AEW is, is not scripted enough, and it shows. You have to find that fair medium of... of there, there's the sweet spot, you know. Yeah. It's just like anything else. You, you can't have, you can't be far left and you can't be far right. You guys got to find, you should, you find it in the middle, right? Yeah. No, for sure. So I mean, like I said, it's 2020. I don't hate AEW. I'm just saying what other people are talking about out there. So it seems that they still have things to work on in 2020 as we roll along. But guys, uh, one thing that came up too this week, uh, the Royal Rumble is right around the corner. One of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. And I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're planning. But Brock Lesnar is number one. 
is this going to fucking suck the wind out of this match, or is it something that's going to be short and sweet, or he's number one, number two is, I don't know, Cain Vasquez, and he throws him out, or what do you guys predict for this? Because he ain't going to the end of the match. He ain't going to the end of the show, I don't I don't think. Uh, oh, I think he is, but you think he's that's gonna besides go the point. Yeah. Mike, go ahead. I think, I think he's definitely going to the end of the match. Man. I think he is. I think um, they're... I think they're trying something different where this is their way of building a storyline to lead into Mania. And I'm okay with it in some weird way because it's different and I want to see how they go about it and how they do it. Um, will it fail? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We've never seen this done before. The only time we've ever seen the, the world champion going in at number one was when Roman Reigns did it when he defended the title at the Rumble, but there is no title defense. He's not defending the title. He's just proving how much of a monster he is by going in at number one and surviving the entire Rumble. Uh, but in my opinion, he's going to go all the way, and I honestly think he gets eliminated towards the end, and I think that's how they build their WrestleMania program. Mm, now, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some stuff out here uh, at you, Mike, because I know you're the uh, you're a busted open listener like I am, and they, and they threw out scenarios. They threw out a CM Punk. They threw out the idea of, of The Undertaker. Um I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't see why it can't be all of the above. Um, I agree. I mean, can you imagine this? You know, Brock Lesnar cleans house and all of a sudden he's in the ring by himself. The countdown happens and boom, you hear the gong. And you know how it, it takes him an hour to get to the <laughs> ring. By the time he actually gets in the ring and has that face off with Brock, that next countdown's already going on. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if all of a sudden the lights go out and you hear the calling of a crow because you're thinking, Oh, Brock Lesnar shitting his pants. Cause here comes the undertaker, nice, you know, nostalgic, yeah. and then boom, you get, you get sting in there and you're setting up that one. And Brock can just stay back and be like, yeah, I'm gonna let you guys handle this because this is something, I mean, that's a moment. Yeah, I know. And, man. And then oh, you're making me fighting. Yeah. You know, I mean, this could be the greatest thing ever. And then at a number 28 or a 29, you can get a CM Punk. And, and, and you're not just building the Brock Lesnar story. This is the opportunity to build a few stories in that match. Because I'm going to be honest with you. We've had this talk. I'm not watching the Royal Rumble this year. I am not a WWE Network subscriber because they have not sold me on their product. That's their goal for 2020. Make me resubscribe. I dare you. Yeah. I'm saying that. That's, at my old age, man. That's what I'm saying. I can't watch everything, so I... I I can't. Um, so I'm picking and choosing. So I'm saying with him at number one, I, I hope there's just some good surprises. And I don't want to fucking see Zack Ryder at number two. I don't want to, you know, like build this as like the Rumble, man. It, and you just Sting and Taker. It's perfect for them because, A, they don't have to have a fucking 30-minute match. They All they have to have is that encounter, a few punches, and boom, somebody. You know what I mean? Like just little moments. Give us little moments. I'll tell you, you said 28 or 29. Number 30 should be punk because that crowd would love it. I want to see a pop on number 30 because I feel like ever since Roman won it or ever since he came out or it was Rey Mysterio, everybody expects somebody huge at 30. And, like, I feel like it's just been booze for the past few years. I can't remember everybody who's been at 30, but don't waste CM Punk. I mean, who knows what he's going to do, if he can do it or if he's never going to – whatever. I but I want to see it. Happen. I think everybody wants to see it. Yeah. Even those internet ass, all those assholes on the internet, oh, that's coming past, that ship has sailed. Fuck you. 
Because you know the second that cult of personality hits, you're hopping out of your seat and saying, oh, shit. I don't give a fuck who you are. Yeah, that's true. So, real quick uh, about that with the Lesnar. Um, tweet, of the, tweet of the week, for my opinion, I got a good kick out of this, was Dio uh, Madden, former <laughs> Raw broadcaster, tweeted out a picture of writing in he's like he, he screenshot of him typing in google how to draw number 20 or number two in the royal rumble with a picture of him and lesnar face to face i got a pop out of that i thought that was pretty funny but i just i just got a kick out of that tweet yeah he literally googled how to draw number two in the royal rumble with a picture of him and lesnar face to face under it and i gotta say once again i brought this up in the past but dio madden is taller than lesnar he's a lot yeah. i think he was that big it's a big dude, he's, bro. Hey, big boy. He's got to go mean, get relevant first. I don't know who he. Yeah, you know. but you could imagine. But it's it's the built-in storyline with Akrito. There's a lot of guys that they could just throw into the Rumble. Yeah. Who have history with Lesnar? You can throw an Undertaker in there. You can throw a Punk in there. You can throw a Dio Madden in there. You can throw Kane Velasquez in there again. Rey Mysterio has history with him. There's just a wide variety of things that they can do. Are they going to be smart enough to capitalize on all the possibilities of what they have with it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, you spoke about tweets, Mike. Uh, how about a tweet from CM Punk to The Miz? <laughs> the, Mi- <laughs> <laughs> the Miz was on uh, the, the fucking YouTube show or whatever the show is now on FS1. Oh, right? backstage. Backstage, yeah. That's what I meant. Fox, yeah. And so he made fun of – I'm sure everybody knows and read about it. And he made fun of Punk. Uh, you know, he changed or whatever. Uh, and Punk, I guess, tweeted it and then deleted it. He said, go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia, you fucking dork. <laughs> and I didn't think he says dork, but, uh, well, that was a tweet, I guess, to remember. But he did delete it. But that's, I love CM Punk now because every the Miz thinks he's going to, you know, like get one up on CM Punk. Meanwhile, Punk can say whatever the fuck he wants to because he's not getting paid right now from WWE. He's getting paid from Fox, so... That's hilarious. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm telling you, man. You love him or hate him, I love that they have him and that he could just speak freely. And I understand why he deleted it. You don't want to leave that. What do shit you up. mean? What do you mean he doesn't care about what W? When he was on the roster, he didn't give a fuck what he said on Twitter. <laughs> today. Well, I know all that. Yeah, well, that's true. But uh, you know, it's just. Oh, fucking Miz. Anyway, uh, you know, I want to bring up one... Th- I do want to bring up one thing. Uh, you know, uh, Chelsea Green, she was on Raw, I believe, maybe SmackDown too, but uh, she debuted in NXT with a uh, former, also a uh, uh, member from Impact, Robert Stone, who is Robert yes. Strauss, Robbie E. And guys, little known fact, I don't want to say I helped them get into NXT, but I filmed his first vignettes of uh, him, you know, being this guru guy, a manager kind of thing down in the city. And that's kind of what he used to sell to get into NXT, believe it or not. So I'm kind of a little bit behind this old Robert Stone character. So as much as Look probably... at this motherfucker trying to get put credits. himself I'm over. Cre- I'm, it's 2020. Come on, man. Stop it. I'm, I got the original videos. I'll show you guys. But uh, no, I'm happy to see him. <laughs> I'm happy to see him. And uh, he was actually working with two other guys down there and they haven't brought him up i can't even remember their names off the top of my head but um i guess they're just making him a manager which is good and 
I think that's what you know. A lot of things lack nowadays. They don't have like regular managers, and I, I'm kind of excited to see him step up to that role to be a manager. Uh, and just I want to see that again, you know, from Bobby the Brain Heenans and and all these other guys. Like they, I feel like there's not any managers except for like Paul Heyman, who only has one guy. But I want to see managers again, so I'm excited about this. Uh, Robert Stone, Chelsea Green connection, yeah. and I I know he's gonna have a little stable and all that going on, but. Long story short, I'm so uh, so happy to see it because I, once again, I, I feel like I helped him get into All NXT. Right. So All if right. you Stop. want a promo, so, Cooter, shout out to Robbie E, man. I shout out to you, Robbie E. I could get you anything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, stop! You know I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say this though, for real. Shout out to Robbie E. Congratulations, and he's got the personality for that kind of a gig. Yeah, he, he really does. And 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 it's not to say that he was a bad in ring worker, he's, but I mean, he's good. Yeah. No, he was. He's really solid, and and but. I think this is the perfect role for him. He just has that personality where I think a lot of other people can benefit from having him in their corner. Yeah. They can really help get people over. This is perfect for him. Shout out to Robbie E. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, thanks, Steve Credo. Get, you, you, <laughs> Credo trying to get something free for him. You know? That's Come saying, on, man. man. I'm saying. Am I, the only person, am, am I the only person that kind of picked this up to – Chelsea Green is dating or engaged to Zack Ryder. Yes. Robert Strauss used to have that Jersey Boy bro gimmick. That's right. Which Adam, which Zack Ryder has. I don't know oh. why I kind of connected all those puzzle pieces last night, but it, I just did. <laughs> it was just weird. <laughs> well, it, you know, we talked about <laughs> some weird things. It is 2020. People are experimenting. Uh, let's. Talk, I don't. I, has it happened or it hasn't happened or they having a rematch? I think uh, on Impact, guys. I know we never talked about Impact, but believe it or not, it's 2020. Anything could happen here. But uh, Sammy Callahan, one of the I thought one of the most talented wrestlers who really did get a good spotlight in NXT, uh, who's the Impact champion right now. They're having well, what they call intergender matches, but they're not calling it anymore. I know Sammy doesn't like calling it like that. He just wants to call it a wrestling match, but. Let's hear this out, because we probably get some hate mail out of this. I want to know your guys' thoughts on this, and I want to get into it a little bit, but, you know, having a, a female versus a male for their coveted title... When Be they careful, all... Credo. Oh. Be careful. I know. I'm treading. I'm treading the waters, but hear tread me out. Tread lightly. Tread lightly. Before you send in the hate mail, you know, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I feel like you chalk it up to putting her in... I'm truly trying to think of my words because I don't want that hate mail. But to have her in the match, I don't mind. I, I, you know, it's 2020, right, guys? Things are changing. But I feel like if you didn't have a women's championship, I feel like okay, it make you know, there's no women's championship, so how, yeah, why not let her wrestle for it? I want to see her in the match. But now that you have like a women's championship, and then you have her fighting for the main championship. To me, it's like, I feel like you're having a cruiserweight fight a heavyweight. Meanwhile, there's a whole cruiserweight division. And, it, it, you know, I don't know. It, does it, is it mixing? Is it crossing the lines? Is it crossing the streams uh, too much? But, and, you know, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things I could say. Uh, but I'm not, I don't hate it. I just don't know if the world is ready for it. Are you guys? Let me ask you a question. I don't know. And, and I know Mike saw it. Did you watch the match? I haven't watched the match. I've just seen like bits and clips of it, so I can't. I'm not yes. judging on the match itself. I'm just saying, as far as Mike, it as a whole, him, you know, educate uh -oh. him, please. It was a great match. It was a great match. Like T Tessa Blanchard, I feel like by most people is just underappreciated 
about who she is in the ring. And I think the WWE, when they had her, they dropped the ball when I can't they let her never go. Signed her, yeah. They dropped the ball when they let that woman go because she is gold. She is magic. What they're doing at Impact now, granted, I've in the past I've shit on Impact. I have, okay, but yeah, I will tell I you this right now. I will tell you this right now. I've watched their product, and their product has turned around on me. And I will say this, and Cooter, if you haven't watched Impact, you know, give it a chance if you have access because you might like it more, a lot more than you would in AEW. That because they do have great storylines and they do have great matches that do actually mean stuff, and their the refs do follow the rules. Um, but when it comes to this match, <laughs> when it comes to this match between Tessa and Sammy, to me as a wrestling fan, some people might think differently, but to me, it is a big deal because this is the first time. In my history of being a fan, now I'm sure this might happen. I don't know. I didn't really dig too deep in the books. But this is the first time I'm seeing a woman challenge for a world title. And if that happens and she beats Sammy Callahan, to me it's believable. And to me, I think that will put impact on the map and people will be talking about it nonstop. Now, here, let me let me. Whoa, play. whoa, 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 whoa. Let me throw this out here because okay. I, I throw my two cents in. Because I think what makes this so great is the fact that it's a smaller company and you don't have the big bruisers like a Brock Lesnar or a Roman Reigns. Granted, Sammy Callahan is, is, is a bigger dude than Tessa Blanchard. But because the way that they've built this story up, it, we're, we're talking probably over a year at this point, Mike, right? Almost no, nah, a little less, a little less. A little than less. That. It's but, been, but, the, but it's been ongoing. But not just with Sammy. She's been in there in number one contenders matches. She yes. she got in there with Brian Cage and she's with the machine. She's, yes, and she's believable in 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 her her in ring performance. It would be like Credo. Let me throw this out there. If Charlotte Flair was in a match against Rey Mysterio, do you think Charlotte Flair might be able to pull it off? I think in this scenario that I'm trying to throw out here is evenly matched and Tessa is just on that Charlotte Flair level. You might, it, it, it seems more believable. Plus the way that they've built the story. It's, it's really, really good. And their chemistry is mwah, amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Sometimes when I think about it, I think about like women's wrestling, and I'm not knocking women's wrestling. There's a lot of great women's wrestlers out there, but sometimes when I watch women's wrestling, I feel like when they, I don't feel like they're running at 100. percent You know what I mean? Sometimes when they hit the ropes because they're not as heavy, it doesn't look. And it, to me, like when I watch women's wrestling, sometimes I'm not saying all the time. Sometimes when I see certain matches, whether it's indie or whatever, I just feel like it's 80. percent You know, like they're not. It's. It looks like it's slowed down. Some of the girls, their timings aren't the same. And I know men or women are made different. We have different body structures, different strengths, different things that we can do uh, that they can't, and so on and so forth. But when you ha when you have a woman in the main events for your your cover, and I haven't seen it, so like I said, I'm not talking about the match. When you just put that on the wall as Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan, I'm like, well, how you know, like how believable is it that she could even, you know, face him or fight him or, or whatnot. But I know they had a street fight, right? I believe it was a street fight in New York yeah, city or something couple, like that. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, they had a pretty intense fight. So I, I like I said, I have to watch it. I'll sh- I'll eat my words next week or whatnot. I'll watch it. I will, I will say this: if that's how you think about the women, then I suggest you sit down and watch Tessa Blanchard versus Gail Kim. No, that was fantastic. That yeah. was that you. That match will change your mind. I'll, I'll, right I'll down there. That I'll match definitely. was fantastic. You know what else? No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna back up Credo on 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 this too though. Because there's a lot of I've seen a lot of these intergender matches and they just don't seem to work. And I'm gonna throw a name out there, mm. Candice LeRae. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've seen a lot of those matches that she's had with with the Dick Spot guy. Okay. I <laughs> listen. If they were just, I, and I'm not hating on her athletic ability. It just doesn't seem. She she's. She's not the believable character, and she doesn't have the physicality that a Tessa Blanchard has to where a woman versus a man in a wrestling match seem believable. Yeah. Okay? So in certain scenarios, yeah, Credo, you're absolutely right. Like, fucking, uh, there it is. You're, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, again, we, we, we got to, depending on the situation, you got to do it by a case-by-case basis. So, okay, with all that said, though, at the end of the day, though, now that, let's just say, she becomes Impact World Heavyweight Champion, right? Uh, Which I don't have a problem with, but I'm saying, then I feel like, do they have, how do you cross the streams, right? Like, how do you, then, like, can can a cruiserweight fight her, or can she, you know what I mean? Or, uh, I know, I'm trying to think of, like, between Impact and WWE, I'm just trying to think of, like, all the different divisions and whatnot, but... You know, okay, now she's world champion. Then, then if she loses it, then does she go for the women's championship, or is now she just a part of the the mix of the main eventers on Impact? You know what I mean? Or I don't know how you play it. And I'll tell you what, going back after all the years, the only believable women that I thought could hang with the men at that time was China and wow. and Beth just Phoenix. Took a right out of my mouth. And yeah. Beth Phoenix to where I didn't mind that. I didn't mind seeing them do that because look at them. Look, they look like you know they're built up powerhouses if you will as women but i feel like today there's no built-up women like that between china i mean even nicole bass was kind of weird about stuff but uh you know like those are the kind of women i always saw like oh, okay well put them with the match but like some of the girls today they're sh- they're short they're skinny they're that i'm not i don't want to sound like i'm hating on it but i'm just saying it doesn't make it believable to me that they're going against the world champion and whatnot and i'm gonna watch the match and i'm not gonna say anything else about it but that's it uh at the end of the day i don't know that was a that was a lot of, lot of stuff. you know it's funny though before we before we switch topics i'm going to end on this topic the one thing that does bother me about it is the fact that they say it's going to be if she wins it's the first time that a woman has beaten a man for a title and credo you just threw it out there technically it's not a world title China did beat Jeff yeah. Jarrett for the Intercontinental title. She was an Intercontinental champion at one oh. point. So this isn't the first time that we've seen it, but it's yeah. the first time How it's many... going to be on a world title stage. I just, I don't know. I, I guess it'll only work for certain things. Like, I don't think you could do this for every company or every show. And, you know, if this would impact, if this is what impact does to stand out more power to them, because they have that wiggle room to do this kind of stuff as to where WWE couldn't do that. Uh, you can't, like, have Charlotte Flair beat Brock Lesnar. You know, like, it's too, I don't know. I feel like it's too out of there right now for them, at least. Hey, but anything you know, is something possible. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that this is a success for Impact, and it works for them. The WWE might, you know, 
jump in there and do it. Not and until Vince bad. is dead. Nobody. I, I would like to add though. It took Creo. fifty years for Vince to make a black guy champion. You're damn well <laughs> sure they're never gonna make a fucking woman champion over that shit. I'll tell you that right now. As much fun as it is to be back, and why we still iron out uh, details of. What kind of segment I could bring about this show we'll have uh, in future episodes. But guys, I do want to bring on somebody who's a genuinely nice guy inside and outside of the ring. Every time I've seen him or talked to them, the dude is just super cool with everybody. Uh, David Arquette is here for the first guest of the new year. All right, 2020 is already starting out huge for us here at Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, today we are here with one of the biggest names we've ever had on the podcast. He's from a legendary acting family. He starred in more than 100 films. Oh, and uh, just so happens he's a former WCW champion as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for <laughs> Mr. David Arquette. Oh, yeah. Former WCW champion. I know they said that at, at a match I just recently had. I just. I end up just apologizing to the crowd, really. <laughs> Listen, there is nothing to apologize for. Uh, it was a part of history, whether people like it or not. Um, and, right uh, on. Ha- you know, Happy New Year. How's it going? Good, man. I ring in the New Year with uh, RJ City, Cole Cabana, uh, Joey Ryan, Watts, uh, the Lo- Rockness Monsters. Yeah, a bunch of great wrestlers, and uh, it was a really fun time. We did a 10-count on the top of the uh, corner ropes, all, all four corners, a countdown. Oh. So we were actually <laughs> wrestling from 2019 into 2020. Yeah, Jervis was there, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, uh, David, uh, we talk a lot about, too, uh, about being a former world heavyweight champion as uh, yourself, but I know when we talked a while ago, I know you've gotten a lot of heat over the years for your title win, but I must say what you have been doing over the past few years in the wrestling world, I would say that you've redeemed yourself, I, I would believe. How has it been for you to get out there uh, with countless promotions and do what you ultimately love, which is pro wrestling? Uh, it's been great, man. I mean, the greatest part of it is that I've been accepted into the locker room as one of the boys. And I have such a respect and love for this business and and what the sort of real professional wrestlers do. So just to be sort of uh, accepted and included, it's been it's been a real honor. I mean, I'm learning stuff every time I go in the ring. You know, I uh, I get to work with these guys. Working with Cole Cabana and Joey Ryan was just such a a thrill, man. These guys, uh, they just are such pros at, at you know, the world wrestling, but also just the storytelling element and, and the character development and the comedy component. You know, I learned a lot from RJ city too, my tag team partner, although he's kind of prickly. He's actually here with me. If you want to talk to him in a second, <laughs> he's a, he's quite a character, but, um, you know, uh, it's been great. You know, it's been a great thing, but you know, I've been, it's, I've been filming it all for a documentary called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And the final line I say in the movie is, you know, uh, you know, I got a couple moves, but I'll never be a great professor. I've <laughs> 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 kind of accepted that. It's good to know your limitations, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's also, 
you know, part of it's uh, putting on a show, and, and mm-hmm. whenever we go in there, we give it our all, and, uh, you know, it's tough on the body. It's a, it's a brutal business, and it's, it's far realer than anybody could ever imagine. Well, so you step in there and take a nice, good shot to the head, or your back, like my back, my neck, everything's out now. Uh, yeah. Well, you've uh, yeah. obviously you had at before you even started back in 20, 2018, you had the highest career high that one can ever achieve, which is the uh, the being a champion in the sport. So um, now that you're kind yeah. of back into the business, and you've mentioned you know you're wrestling everywhere. What's the most surreal thing been for you in in this go around in the business? What's happened to you that you just can't believe? Oh man, just doing things like sharing a like just doing a run in with Mick Foley and and Jerry the King Lawler, taking a pile driver from Jerry the King Lawler, um, my death match with uh, Nick Gage was. <laughs> A crazy experience. Um, getting to see Jungle Boy, sort of uh, his career take off, I was sort of right there at that time. And also being right uh, in the mix when uh, there's a bit of a revolution in wrestling right now. So just be part of it and around. And just, you know, getting to meet, you know, the demolition or, or uh, you know, doing a, a show where, where Sting's there signing and. And I, oh, getting to wrestle with the honky tonk man. I mean, just like kind of dream stuff when I was a kid and, and being able to work with these guys. And honky tonk sold for me with 20, <laughs> something he doesn't normally do. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, he, was, he was great. I, I found out, uh, oh, I probably shouldn't reveal my tricks, but sure I will. I, uh, I typically. Uh, you know, I'm a fan first, even before a wrestler and everything. So I typically go around at the at the signings and stuff. And when I have a second off, I, I go and I see the different booths and find a couple shirts I like or action figure. And I found a honky-tonk man one. And then I went over to him and, and I insisted on paying for an autograph, even though we were wrestling, and, you know, an hour later. But, uh... You know, he was really gracious. He signed it for me. I made sure I insisted on paying, and and I think that helped. Uh, <laughs> this helped that decision to sell for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, well, David, you know, you mentioned this documentary coming out. You can't kill David Arquette. Uh, when could the fans expect to possibly see it? And uh, maybe can you tell any? Can you tell us maybe a little bit more what we could expect? Probably be summertime next year. Uh, it takes a little while for, for them to get up a plan and we'll go to a film festival and that's where you sell it. So, uh, we'll make an announcement pretty soon about sort of where it ends up. It's, it's been submitted to a bunch of festivals, you know, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll have more information about that, you know, in the next few months. All right. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, um, in April of 2000, a little uh, another movie that you did came out, Ready to Rumble. Um, it oh, is wow. coming up on the 20th year anniversary of that movie. So, um, that's so wow. What What do you think about that movie? And it's you know kind of it's taken on its own life in the world of professional wrestling. 
Um, do you do you have fond memories of of doing that movie, or was it something that was kind of uh, hard because it was merging the two things of acting and professional wrestling? You know, the actual filming of it was incredible. I mean, I got to work with the Macho Man and uh, Sting and, and Goldberg and all these incredible Dave Diamond Dallas Page, who's like a true mentor of mine. And uh, so that was a blast. I just had fun, and I was friends with Scott Kahn before. And working with Oliver Platt was amazing. So that was a blast. But uh, you know, it didn't do well when it first came out in theaters. But it had a bit of a cult on a discovery on dvd and did really well so it's lived on i kind of say that my uh, documentary because diamond Dallas page is in it i go to one of his ddpy retreats and uh ask for his advice and he sets me up uh to meet some luchadors in tijuana and i go and wrestle there and have my first match uh sort of unsanctioned match uh eight-man tag team, mass tag team <laughs> lucha. I got to wrestle in the streets of uh, of Tijuana, like street wrestling, when asked for coins and stuff like that. But it's uh, it was really cool, man. It was a very cool experience. And uh, I like to say that the documentary is kind of an unauthorized sequel to ready to rumble nice <laughs> well you know speaking of movies i i have it lined up in my queue mob town which was kind of filmed over here in our backyard uh over here in the yeah. hudson valley can you tell us a little bit about it um and how was it like for you maybe filming on this side of uh the country it was really cool i mean it was right sort of uh around the time i was getting back in the ring so i was able to pop up to Northeast wrestling and, uh, on my birthday, I was filming on my birthday and they, uh, they gave me a cake and King Brian Anthony up there, uh, slammed my head into a cake on my birthday. So that's uh part of the movie as well. And, um, but mop town was really fun to make. Uh, I'm really friend, good friends with Danny, a the director and he, uh, he cast me and he's also an actor in it. And, uh, it was just a fun experience. You know, if you if you look at it, at the end of the film, Michael Lombardi, who is the main uh, owner and promoter of uh, of NEW, takes a nice uh, bump at the end of the at on the end of the movie. He was visiting the set, and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, Danny, Danny, this is uh, Michael Lombardi. He can take the bump if you want someone to fall. Or, and he took this great bump at the end of the movie, so everyone should check that out. He does a nice bump roll. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's on, uh, it's online or, you know, VOD or whatever. Sure. And I'm big. I'm a big mob movie fan, but I also understand, too, in 2020, you have a 12-hour shift coming out. Uh, and I, I understand that Mick Foley makes a cameo in that, too, huh? Yeah, he sure does. Sorry, I'm, I'm over here in Arkansas. We're building a set for our next film. And uh, it, we filmed 12-hour shift out here, too, with the same group of people. So, yeah, we, we were lucky enough to get Mick uh, Foley to come out and, and do a few days on it. And he's wonderful. He's such a great actor, man. And uh, a lot of the wrestlers I've met are really wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
actors thinking on their toes. They know what when things real, when things feel, you know, fake. So it's a, a great way to like kind of, you know, discover talent. There's such a pool of talent that uh, I hope Hollywood sort of opens their eyes to. We're casting right now. We're casting some uh, some some people, uh, some wrestlers, and in, in this next film. So I want to keep putting wrestlers in the movies I produce. Well, I I, oh, I want to let it out there that you know if you ever need two podcasters, me and Jonathan are always happy to. <laughs> I don't know how we would ever fit in the world like that, but uh, we're just leaving it open for you. You know. Well, thank you. <laughs> sure will. I make a mean grilled cheese sandwich too. If you need, you know. Oh, hey, it's some craft service. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Catering? Oh, amazing. <laughs> so we know you're super busy. We don't want to let you uh, – we don't want to keep you all day. Just got, like, two more questions for you. Um, no problem. I, I, I think it's really amazing to kind of see nowadays just to round you out. Obviously, people knew you as an actor first, and then um, you got into the world of wrestling. But you – you know, a lot of people just because of your connection to Hollywood call you, you know, a modern day Andy Kaufman, which is just incredible. Um, I've been getting trying to get people to call me that my whole life. But um, you're it sounds like you're more like a, you know, a modern day renaissance man. You act, you know, you wrestle, you do uh, producing and all of that. Um, but there's something else that I just recently learned about you because I follow you on Instagram is um this thing i'm a certified you... bob ross instructor exactly exactly so <laughs> how did that happen well i've always loved bob ross and i i, I like watched the show all the time and felt found it like relaxing and i love the way he teaches art and his whole philosophy was that he just wanted people to paint you know people who thought they'd never have the skill to be able to 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 paint become artists so I went down to New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and I took a three-week course and got certified as a Bob Ross instructor. So now uh, I typically use it as a charity thing where I, I either put it up for auction or people can auction it off at different charities. Then they come to my studio and, and I put them through a lesson or I'll go to like a women's shelter or women's center and, and uh, help the ladies there and just... Uh, you know, I did that right before Christmas, about 20 ladies and, and taught them how to paint and they get such a kick out of it. And I love teaching them. So it's been a fun thing to be able to do. And it keeps me painting and keeps sort of Bob spirit alive. You learn a lot of stories about him and you can share things that, you know, people might not know, like he was a drill sergeant instructor before he became a television uh, painting teacher so he got so sick of screaming at people that he you know assume this will never scream again kind of persona so if you're if you're talking about bob ross then obviously i want to know um how well do you think he would have done in the squared circle oh man <laughs> you know he's, he's being you know a, a sergeant or marine or whatever uh drill sergeant he uh I'm sure he'd be pretty tough. That's a good gimmick, you know, never, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter, obviously, but just a drill instructor, someone who <laughs> really does that would be, be a pretty good gimmick. So I, mean, I, I think thought... it'd be good. Or, you know, I have talked to some people about doing a Bob kind of character where I come out and paint a painting and 
but he never hit anybody. So, uh, I'd have the angry trees come out and, and defend <laughs> me. And, uh, and then maybe I, I'd smack someone across the face with a, a paint full of, a uh, brush full of paint. Kind yeah, of thing. The, the final brush stroke could be your, your finish there. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. again, we want to thank you so much for coming on today. Um, Obviously, you're aware of all professional wrestling. It's 2020. There's more wrestling out there than there's ever been before. Um, you've recently oh, yeah. done some stuff with WWE, but as you're well aware, they do have the Hall of Fame. Happens every year around WrestleMania. And they do have yeah. a celebrity wing of that Hall of Fame. And the fact that you were WCW champion alone should put you in there, but I'm wondering your thoughts on if you would, if you think that you'll ever be inducted into the celebrity wing of the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will be, but uh, there's plenty of people that that deserve it before me, like Cindy Lauper or um, Andy Kaufman. I mean, there's tons of people that uh, I think should be in there. So. I just I just love wrestling. You know, it's not now to me it's not about belts or accolades or anything. It's about you know, strapping on the boots and entertaining the crowds and meeting the people and having them sort of slap you on the back as you're you know, going back to the locker room kind of thing. That's that's really the only reason I'm doing it and getting to know some really incredible people like got to hang hang out with RG City and Dalton Castle yesterday because Dalton lives in uh, in uh, the Nashville area and he, he drove down was nice enough to do that and, you know so it's it's really about you know ultimately when you get into it you find out that and it's why people got so mad about it in the first place wrestling's about family it's about entertaining you know people generationally you know people say all the time like my my father loved wrestling and he used to take me as a kid and you know, I'm taking my kid now, so that's really what it's about. So, so that's all that matters to me. I don't really want, I don't need any kind of uh, accolades or, or, you know, any kind of, you know, kind of, I don't even need to win. I don't, <laughs> I just want to entertain people and have fun. And uh, I hope people enjoy this movie because it's a love letter to wrestling. Oh, for sure. Well, we'll definitely spread the word. And David, you know, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And like I said, I think for what you've been doing the past few years in wrestling, I've totally washed over any bad negativity. I think people used to say online about you. So I think what you've done, I, I we thank you so much because I think, you know, any show that we've seen you at or up here at Northeast Wrestling, it's always been great. We've always been entertained with it. And I think, you know, it's just it's, it's just been fantastic for what you've done. Oh, thanks a lot, Steve, and thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate you guys. All right, once again, thanks to David Arquette, guys. Uh, I, I've been asking him, for, I've been bugging him. He knows I've been DMing him about being on the show, and I finally got a chance to, to, to speak with him with JB. Uh, and I, I don't know, man. Like I said, he's a great guy. He's done. He had such a scarlet letter for winning that championship to where it wasn't even his idea. He didn't even want it. He didn't even want to do that. But the guys backstage, I think DDP told him to or, or Vince Russo or whatnot. So it wasn't like he demanded it. They wanted to do it, so he went with it. So you can't blame him for that. It's it's the world of wrestling. Uh, but guys, celebrities in wrestling... I want to talk about because, I mean, when you think about pro wrestling, especially it used to be a lot with uh, WrestleMania, you put two and two together, you get celebrities 
and WWE or celebrities and wrestling somewhat and so, so forth. You know, they're somehow a part of it uh, through the decades. You know what I mean? You could list off people uh, from Floyd Money Mayweather, uh, Alice Cooper, Bob Barker. Uh, the list goes on and on. But guys, President also, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, Master P, Dennis Rodman. You know, when I say celebrities and wrestling, I mean. Who's the first one? Is there anybody out there? Like, do you have like one thing you just think about when you think about a, a, an actor or celebrity or whatever? In well, it could be anything, but I mean, ninety percent of it's WWE. But does anything stand out to you or a funny moment or just something you think about with celebrities and wrestling? You know, the the one that really came to mind to me when we when we decided on doing this topic was the first time outside of Mr. T because I always just looked at him as was oh god what's his name oh god Lawrence Taylor Lawrence Taylor that's the one that was like wow that's the first time that we had a celebrity when I was growing up in the ring really or at least it was a rememberable one because it was such a big storyline I remember him sitting in the crowd at god I think it was a tag match with Bam Bam and somebody else and Bam Bam lost and Taylor was just sitting there kind of like giggling at him in the crowd and Bam Bam went over there and just shoved him. And it was the start of the fucking great little storyline, man. And you know what? Was it 11, wasn't it? Was it 11? You're probably right. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, and and then they they all had... God, all the football players that came in. And you know what the other funny part was? What's that? Who who was one of the members of his his all-star team? Remember how... Oh, Steve Michael McMichael. Yeah, because yeah. then he went to WCW. He had all the football players, and Steve Michael Michael was one of them. <laughs> and he ended up going to WCW. Yeah, but That's that was right. the one that was like, wow. And you know what? We all thought it was going to be the shits. And even as a kid, I'm like, wow, this is going to be bad. <laughs> he actually put on a really good performance, and I had to, I had to give him his respect, man. Yeah, it reminds me of a story. Like, not a story. This was the WrestleMania. And it was one of those things where I think I was either going to bed or waking up early for school or something. And it was on TV, like WrestleMania was on like a regular channel, and I can't remember, and I, I, I really think it was like that same year, and I can't remember why, and I was like, why is this on regular TV right now? And it was like early in the morning or late at night, one of those two, and it was like on the PIX ch- channel or whatever, 11 or something like that, and I'm like, it's the it's WrestleMania, and that was the part where it was like Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow, and I was like watching it again, and I was like... I don't know. It was just a random thing that I couldn't believe it was just like on regular TV for some reason. Anyway. That's true. And your parents were like, Jesus Christ, we could have waited two weeks. I paid 40 bucks for that fucking thing. <laughs> I know. And I was, that's why I was so mind blown because I was like, why is it on regular TV? And I, I, I got to like Google that. I wonder why it happened out there. But Mike, do you have any celebrities you think about uh, when you just think about celebrities in pro wrestling? Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. I think it was WrestleMania 26, 25, 20, no, not 25, I think 26, I might be 20, wrong. 25, 25. 25, when it was Jericho versus all the legends with Mickey Rourke. That was um, after his movie, right? That was like a few years yeah, after, after, maybe? wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, but when you talk about, like, recent celebrities, like, SummerSlam, I think, with 2015, with, uh... Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell. Yes. Yeah, yeah awesome. and he actually did pretty good. Man, there's been and, so. And you know what else though? You, you go about how great Stephen Amell was, because uh, that was the uh, the Stardust storyline. You got to remember this: Cody Rhodes has been a has a not a re it's a reoccurring character. It's been in there a couple of times on Arrow in return. And he's actually a pretty decent actor. 
You know, it's it's just funny because like, and I keep thinking about the stupid celebrity wing. Every time somebody says celebrity wing for Hall of Fame, all I think about is why is fucking Drew Carey in there? Because he made <laughs> one fucking appearance on a like whatever, and I'm like, that's how they like who who picked that fucking thing out? I can't believe I, I'm still mad at. That's another thing I'm probably mad at. Fucking Drew Carey, add that on the list. Uh. No, but there's been some, like, Raw was doing it for a while. They would have, like, Pee Wee Herman and then Jeremy Piven. Seth Green would come out. Like, they're doing all, like, the guest hosts, right? Or whatever the guest Oh, hosts. God, the, the Bob Barker one was awesome. Remember the Bob Barker one? I <laughs> yeah. love that episode. Yeah, man. Uh, so and Jericho, it, how unhappy he was. Like, he played that part well. <laughs> yes. The Muppets <laughs> fucking on there. Everybody. That was like a... That, that died a slow death of it, but... Uh, uh, I remember even too growing up. up. Mickey, you, brought, you brought up the Mickey Rourke one, and that one, I, I remember he. They wanted him to actually have the match against Jericho at Mania, but he couldn't do it. Yeah, because was... of the contract that he had, because he was. They were filming the Iron Man Two project at the time. Man, that would have been really cool to see him actually have a real match after the whole wrestler movie, and just to kind of see him, you know, do his things. He could do whatever he could do, and he was a he was a pretty good boxer, right? Then something got he got fucked yeah. up. I'm not sure if he won a Golden Glove. I know he competed in the Golden Gloves. Something I mean, either I way, just, to get into a Golden Gloves tournament, you, you, you're a stud. I just saw a movie with him the other day. Oh, God. An old one. It was the one with, um, was it The Rainmaker? Where, what's his face? Matt Damon was like a, a, a brand new lawyer. It's on Netflix. It's a great fucking movie. I, I, I what you're I, talking about. I'm trying to think of the name. I think... Uh, Danny DeVito, yeah, it's the Rainmaker. I'm pretty sure it's the Rainmaker. Danny DeVito was in it, and fucking Mickey Rourke has like a part of the beginning and, and kind of makes an appearance at the end. But he's like a he's he's a lawyer that's kind of like more of a street lawyer than anything else. You know, he's got some street cred to him. But it's just just a really really good good fucking movie, man. The Rainmaker, check that one out, man. <laughs> I'm just looking. I have. I, I, I googled it. I googled celebrities in wrestling, and I have a link. I'm just looking at all the names and different things, and I go back to Donald Trump too because it's so funny. When we, we, I think all of us, or I was definitely there. Cooter, you were there. We went to the WrestleMania 29 in the Hall of Fame. We saw him go into the Hall of Fame, and even yes, at that Hall did. of Fame speech, it's so funny because like you don't think what the future can hold for anybody, and to fucking think that we saw the president. The 45th president of the United States get elected or get uh, not inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame is like the weirdest fucking story. I'm gonna tell my kids later on in life. Like, well, you get this. I saw him inducted to the Hall. Of Fame. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And even, even the, I, I like the silly memes and all that shit that people put out there where he's getting somebody stunned him, didn't they? Didn't somebody give him a stunner? Was it? I mean, did Steve Austin do it or? He's the only guy like, who stuns people. Yeah. I mean, well, I know. But I'm trying to think of other <laughs> things that he got beat up. Like nobody else beat him up. Right, like I think he just got the stunner from Steve uh, Austin. He just got stunned. Uh, and like it was like a raw, or wasn't it? Wasn't the mania because it was the hair oh, versus hair match. No, it was the worst. Because yeah, see, they were doing that angle too after the fact when he was um, God, where he like bought raw or something like that. And the he was battle like the billionaires, it. something. Right? Yeah, that's what started it. Yeah, man, it just fucking. Yeah, but that was good TV. But I remember that stunner. It was probably one of the worst stunners I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it was worse than the Linda McMahon stunner. It was that bad. Yeah, and I'm it, gonna look this up. Yeah, and you know, tell you what, WrestleMania 23 was the first WrestleMania I actually watched after coming back from college because 
Long story short, I went away. I couldn't watch Raw. Cable was a different cable down there. Yada, yada, yada. So I fell out of wrestling because I couldn't watch it for three years. And when I came home, that was the first WrestleMania I watched uh, from the beginning to end. And that's how I, I got back into it after a little absentee of uh, pro wrestling. But I don't know, man. I feel like though even the years past or whatever, I feel like there's no big celebrity presence anymore at WrestleManias. And stop with these guest hosts or WrestleMania to where, what did Lexa Bliss do with Hulk Hogan? They came out in the beginning of it and that was it. Like, they didn't do anything to even deserve a name of host for WrestleMania. And it's, I, I, I don't know. I just want to see them do something. Get involved with a match. Be a celebrity referee. Uh, something. I, I thought see she these... did a great job with it. I mean, she couldn't I mean, wrestle with it. She's still hurt. No, I know, but I mean, like, the when they make him a host, I feel like I feel like you're a host of a show, and, like, you're going to be out the whole... Like, if they just want to say a guest introducer to the WrestleMania, whatever, I don't Was know. there ever... All right, let's throw this out there. Was there ever a fucking celebrity moment that, you, that fucking annoyed you, that you really hated? Um, yeah, there was a couple. Was it Jeremy Piven calling SummerSlam Summerfest or something? <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. You had one line, I Jeremy. Jeremy Piven. I love Jeremy Piven because oh. he's Ari Gold from The Entourage, mm. which is one of yes. my favorite shows. But when he was on Raw, it was like nails on a fucking chalkboard to me. Because <laughs> he knew I don't he know what he did, but like I remember this. Like First of all, he messed up and called it Summerfest or whatever it was. <laughs> and then mid-match... I don't know if he just, you know, did this on his own or didn't tell anybody. But I don't know if you guys remember during one of the matches, he was on John Cena's side and all of a sudden just randomly turned heel and joined forces with Randy Orton. And then both guys were just looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, it was the most awkward shit I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible. Yeah. And, I can't think of, how about, uh, how about the Snooky one? Orson oh, wouldn't shake her. Wouldn't even shake her hand. What what Remember? sucks? What sucks is that in the history books, Snooki has a fucking WrestleMania win over like fucking. You know what I mean? Like you look in the day when you look stick. back, she has a fucking win at oh, WrestleMania. No, she, she wouldn't shake Trish's hand because he felt it took Melina's spot, right? Something. Yeah. Ugh. I can't. Oh I wait, know. here's a good one for you. Did anybody actually ever enjoy the John Stewart spot where he fucking cost oh. John Cena? Oh, it was terrible. Good match. I hated that so bad because he's he's a great he's a great sit down comedian. I can't call him a stand up comedian. He's a great sit down comedian. You know, like a like a host, like a David Letterman type. Hmm. But that his acting is fucking atrocious. Yeah, you didn't you didn't make it look too uh, realistic, if you will. No, not at all. <laughs> How about you know you go back old school because some of the kids out there probably don't remember this. It was Leslie Nielsen. Uh, it was. Oh my God! He was you searching Undertaker, Undertaker. Yeah, he was searching for the missing Undertaker, and it was like you know it was like one of those uh, naked gun things, like it was talking in his head, like detective or whatever. Yeah, mystery, and was, yeah. And it was like unless you saw those movies back then and like watch it, you didn't understand. But I mean, people today probably have no idea if you had to Google it. But that I don't know. That was just a funny, funny oh, use of a celebrity. That, but. No, that was. But you know what? That was enjoyable because I was a kid at the time when that happened. Yeah. And it was it was fun because I was a huge Undertaker fan, and he was, it was, away for so long after you know. The whole roster tried to kill him at the uh, the Royal Rumble after the Yokozuna match. You know what I mean? But you remember, speaking of which, how about this one? It was a 
Chuck Norris as a special guest enforcer. Chuck Norris. Was that another Undertaker-Yokozuna match? Mm-hmm. I think so. That was the one to like keep everybody ringside, away. Yeah. That's funny. I remember yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that was now. fucking awesome. How terrified would you be if you? I don't care who you are. That's fucking Chuck Norris, dude. He will <laughs> beat your fucking face in, dude. You know. Now I tell you what. Go even go back to WCW when we were talking with uh, David Arquette. But what I like, I used to be a big basketball fan growing up, and then I just kind of fell off and just stopped watching it. But when they had uh, Dennis Rodman and Karl Malone in a match, like that was kind of like I don't know, a big deal as a fucking young Mark watching. Two guys were pretty much, you know, top uh, NBA players, like in a in a match. I'm not saying it was five star match, but it was just cool to actually see them get dressed up to get in the ring and uh, and wrestle. And I think, you know, uh, WCW is kind of good with some of those things. To where using like guys like that to or uh, some celebrities to do that. God, stuff, so. blew my mind. Because I remember I remember the episode of uh, of Bischoff's podcast. He was actually talking about that pay per view. And I remember they were saying, and what was so great about it was by chance, they just so happened to be against each other in the NBA Finals that year. Oh, that's so cool. That's okay, and I remember him I remember him, him saying on the podcast, where he says, now I'm not telling you that you should do this, but if, you know, if there is some sort of a potential, I don't know, altercation between the two of you, if you wanted to play it up again, it, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess that's where they had that. I don't know if you've ever seen the famous clip of them basically tripping all over each other no, in an so. NBA Finals game. I'll have to send you the clip, but uh, Bischoff alleges that, you know, he indirectly, you know, inspired said <laughs> moment yeah. because it was great promotion for the match. And man, that. Oh, so you're saying they did it in the playing basketball to During the fucking oh, NBA man. Finals. I got to see that, yeah. yeah. I kind of, I feel like I vaguely remember it, but I don't like. I got to see it again. Yeah, they were going at each other during the, the, those those entire finals. They're very competitive guys, and Rodman was very competitive, and he was great in that role against, you know, as in the in the NWO and, and Malone working with DDP. I mean, that was a fun match to watch. I got to say, I, you know, I didn't. It is another one of those guys I didn't think would be able to pull it off, but you know, Carl Malone, man, that motherfucker put in that work. That's it, man. Well, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse right here, but you know, it's it's just exciting to, to reminisce a little bit. Get this year started off right, guys. Uh, maybe if you have any favorite celebrity moments, you can you can Facebook us or tweet us or something about that. And we want to hear what you guys remember the most because I don't know, celebrities and pro wrestling go hand in hand, guys. Uh, but with that said, guys, each show much must must come to an end, if you will. Uh, it's a new year, and I think we started it off right. I think this was a this was a solid return for AWP, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Follow us, like us, subscribe, leave some love. Yeah.